When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yes, it is Friday. It is time for our look into the movies and... Today we're talking about disastrous movies, terrible filmmakers, but luckily a great critic is on the line. How are you doing, Niall O'Brien? I'm doing quite well, Sinead. How are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. good. Uh, OK, getting straight down to it because we have a mystery voices voice. What's going on here now in this first clip? Yes, well, this is, of course, our regular Who's That Talking Now segment, and we've gone quite deep into the archives for this one. So it's, uh, I think it's from around the 70s. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's quite tough this week. So it this is. we're going to separate the, the wheat from the chaff. Yeah. we'll see is a quick finger Jamie and Eamon uh, they're normally the first two in uh, on this I don't know I think this is going to challenge them I haven't a notion I think well maybe a slight notion as to who it might be but um, are you giving any clue away no nothing uh, we'll see we'll see how disposed I am after you play the clip <laughs> ok here it is we know a remote farm in Lincolnshire where Mrs Buckley lives every July peas grow there we aren't even in the fields you see we're talking about them growing and she's picked them. I don't understand you then. When must, what must be over for July? When I was out, we were onto a can of peas, a big dish. Yeah, uh, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on. I'm not, no clue. Not well, a clue. Well, that's one side of a, he's doing a voiceover for, for an advertisement. Towards the end of his career, he did a lot of advertisements. So okay. I'll give that as a clue. That's a clue. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay, off you go. If you think you know who's talking now, let us know. 86 658 Okay, we're focusing on terrible filmmakers. And the first one that you're going to talk about, I have a little bit of a soft spot for this guy because there's a great movie uh, that Tim Burton has uh, done. And this is all about Ed Wood. Tell me about this. Yeah, so I mean, no discussion about... And I don't know if... If calling them terrible filmmakers is fair because um, they all have, the, all the, the, the directors that I'm going to be discussing uh, today, they all love movies. Yes. And, that's, and they don't set out to make bad movies. And one of them, I don't think, really does make bad movies. But they, they are inextricably linked with what we would say schlock. Yes. No discussion about them would be complete without talking, as you say, about Ed Wood. So Ed Wood, for people who don't know, and uh, most people, I think, will know him from the 1994 um, Tim Burton movie in which Johnny Depp uh, played Ed Wood. Uh, He was responsible for movies with titles like Jailbait, Bride of the Monster, Plan 9 from Outer Space is probably his best known one. And I think you see a lot of the making of that movie in that uh, 1994 film, Night of the Ghouls and the Sinister Urge. Um, Edward 
he thought he he saw himself as uh, as a bit of an Orson Welles, if you will. He wrote these movies and he he wanted he produced them and he directed them. Um, and I think I would recommend. I don't know if I'd recommend seeing any of the movies he directed, but <laughs> I would certainly recommend the Tim Burton biopic. Yes, and it gives you a really good insight into into the man. Absolutely. Now this guy, I actually haven't heard of this guy, Roger oh. Corman. Tell oh me my about God, this guy. Roger Corman is a very famous name. Um, don't say that. He, say he's he, not that well known. At all, <laughs> <laughs> he's known by a couple of different nicknames. Uh, the the Pope of Pop Cinema is one of his nicknames. Okay, um, and basically he kind of started in the fifties directing a lot of B movies with and again fantastic titles like The Beast with a Million Eyes and It Conquered <laughs> the World and Attack of the Crab Monsters, which was great. Um, but Roger Corman basically you would he had a reputation for bringing things in very cheaply under budget and very quickly so he would make a movie sometimes in as little as a week and he would just get it done and get it out and it would make because the budgets were so small it would make you know a, a huge amount back based okay. on what the outlay was and he's also well known because he gave a start to filmmakers like Francis Ford Coppola, uh, Martin Scorsese, Peter Bogdanovich, James Cameron, and uh, one of the actors that uh, his his very first screen performance was in a Roger Corman movie called The Crybaby Killer was Jack Nicholson. Who, okay, so, so he recognises talent clearly. He does, and Just not because himself. he was literally <laughs> churning these movies out. That's why the opportunity was if you wanted to get some practical experience, you went to Roger Corman. He'd give you a gig directing or acting or whatever. And he was a big proponent of independent cinema. You know, he set up New Line Studios um, and um, distributed a lot of foreign movies in the US. You know, so okay, so yeah, I must I must seek him out. Uh, by the way, uh, we have got some messages, and maybe you've given a clue. Bernie, Bernie in uh, Drogheda. I think she's the first with this suggestion. There's one or two with this suggestion. Would it be the voice of Orson Welles? Well, yeah, Bernie's got it. Well done, Bernie. Bernie. Yeah, oh, yeah. and Jamie's just come in. I think I missed the Mr. Voice. He went to the loo. Oh. He went to the loo. The Let that moment. be a lesson to you, Jamie. Jamie, come on now. Bernie has got it this week. Well done, Bernie. Well done, Fair Bernie. Because it was a tough one. That was a very tough one. Uh, okay, so now on to the subject uh, of, our, of our Netflix pick, Tommy Wiseau. Is it Wiseau? I think it's Wizzo. Wizzo, Wizzo. I mean, there's a lot of things about this man that... People uh, don't know. You know, that nobody knows. <laughs> He's shrouded in mystery. So, as you say, we're randomly reviewing a movie from um, a couple of years ago called The Disaster Artist, directed by James Franco. And it's about the making of a film from 2003 called The Room. So this uh, was written, produced and directed by Tommy Wiseau, who stars in the movie as the lead. um, And uh, he plays Johnny, who's a successful banker who lives in San Francisco with his fiancée. And um, basically, uh, he wanted to make a kind of a modern Tennessee Williams um, play (laughs) and and film it. We have a little clip here just to give people an idea of the quality of, of the acting no, is this this is from the room, not this the disaster. The room, okay, yeah. here, here's the the clip from the actual movie, the room. Hi. Can I help you? Yeah. Can I have a dozen red roses, please? Oh, hi, Johnny. I didn't know it was you. Here you go. That's me. How much is it? It'll be eighteen dollars. Go. Keep the change. Hi, doggy. You're my favorite customer. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs> and on it goes. I mean, really, it's like. 
Yeah, it's just... Do you know what happened, right, to me last night watching The Disaster Artist, right? I don't like being in the position where it's difficult to watch painful things like this. Painful performances. You won't catch me watching talent shows where the people are awful. I can't do it. My stomach goes into a knot. I I feel all tense. And this is what happened to me watching The Disaster Artist. But getting back to the room, because this is his, I suppose, what he thought was going to be the most amazing thing to ever come out of Hollywood. But it, in fact, was the opposite. Yeah, I mean, like I say, he wrote, produced, directed, starred in it, um, financed it himself, uh, paid for it. It was released in only just one theatre in Los Angeles, um, and he paid for it to la- to have an extension um, for a period of time there so that it would be uh, eligible for the Oscars. <laughs> um, so... Uh, so complete was I think his self-delusion about it um, I don't know if I would recommend people to seek it out and watch it uh, you can watch like 10 minutes of highlights on it and I would say if you're going to watch the Disaster after Arcus maybe watch the 10 minutes of highlights on YouTube beforehand so you get an idea but the Disaster Artist is a fairly accurate portrayal of what the room is like Yes, it really, it really is. And actually, if you stay watching to the end credits, it'll give you that scene in particular, actually, that we just played and a few others. It'll mirror the scenes side by side from Room and the Disaster Artist as well. So that's, that's what, if you, if you are watching it. But tell me about this. So this is James Franco and I have to say, because I, I, I sourced an image and a bit of a clip of the real Tommy talking and acting away and all the rest. And James Franco really is him, isn't he? It's, it's uncanny. I mean, he's wearing prosthetics. They're quite subtle prosthetics, but mm. there are shots of this movie where you kind of go, well, that really looks like Tommy Wiseau. Um, so this is the disaster artist. Uh, much like Tommy, James uh, produced, wrote, directed it. It's based on a book of the same name. So he did have source material. And it stars him and his brother Dave Franco, who plays Greg Sestero, who is the kind of partner in crime, if you like, for want of a better word, and best friend of Tommy, who also was the second lead in the movie. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, do we have time for a clip or should we just... Yeah, I don't think we have time for the clip, okay, but we'll let's, just, let's soldier on, yeah. We'll soldier on. Um, yeah, this is... Uh, <laughs> I mean, what did you think of it? <laughs> Well, look, you know, from words go, as I said, I just was tense. I just, I, I was like, oh God, what is this guy? What, what is going on with him? Who is he? Where did he even come from? How is this happening? What am I watching? Right. And I think I'm just like, what, what, I, what baffled me about this, first of all, really was why so many people got caught up in his crazy idea to make this movie? Like, did nobody pull him aside and go, this is absolutely rubbish. Like, what are you throwing all this money into? Why are you doing this? And, oh my God, why am I involved? (laughs) (laughs) First of all, I don't think this film or anyone can answer a lot of those questions that you have. (laughs) Um, But it does, what this film, I think, does show is how desperate people are to to work like and make it, do you know mm. what I mean? That they will grasp onto the slimmest of chances. And, um, you know, when we talk about quote-unquote bad movies, like I say, nobody goes sets out to make a bad movie. Um, and sometimes it's very easy to punch down a little bit, you know what I mean? And, and be a little bit like you're watching Britain's Got Talent and making fun of people. One thing I do think that James Franco does a good job of is he doesn't do that in this case. He mm. does have affection for this real-life guy 
and um, he he really puts himself in those shoes. Now you you do see him warts and all. You know what I mean. Yeah. You see those flights of insanity. I think would yeah. be the word um, uh, portrayed. But you also see, I think, the 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 deep emotional need this man has to to act and to produce what he thinks is a great piece of art. Yeah, and it, and he won't really, like, you know, people tell him that he's not good. Like a Hollywood producer played brilliantly by Judd Apatow um, shouts at him in a restaurant and yeah. tells him, like, never, never in a million years is this going to happen, dude, you know? And he just keeps going. And what I liked about this, as you say, you know, I presume in real life the premiere of this movie, The Room, did not go as well, let's say, as the premiere in this movie. You know, the fact that they all laugh along and they stay in the theatre. I'm not sure if that actually really did happen in real life. Maybe it did, I don't know. But it just that idea of, you know, there's a certain respect there that James Franco has. And even from the opening shots with the other actors, the, the famous actors talking about the movie and how it's amazing and all of that. And the thing is, I did a little bit of background research into this. This is a cult classic. People go to midnight showings to laugh, have a great time. So Tommy's dream of making a movie that would connect with people worked. Stand the test of time it has. It really has. But I do, I like, look, if I think it's worth a look, it definitely is worth a look, but I cringed my entire way through this and I was like, please just let it stop. (laughs) (laughs) But it is, it's a good, it's a good watch. It's, it's an interesting, interesting story. Uh, so for next week we're going to go with number 11 on your list there. Okay, number 11. Ah, so number 11 is a 2018 movie called Candy Jar. And Never seen it. it okay. is set in a high school. You like a high school. I uh, do. I think it's a, a comedy so uh, looking nice. forward to seeing that. Something nice one. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so uh, very quickly you have some movies for us this weekend and I noticed that you've <laughs> you've left the toy show uh, is going to take over tonight so you've had yeah. we, we know there's no movie watching tonight it's toy show all the way. I think most channels have not put movies on <laughs> against the toy show anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got uh, Tomorrow Night. Tomorrow Night at 25 to 7 on RT1 there's Fred Claus from 2007 Vince Vaughn plays Santa Claus's lesser known brother Great quite a good movie I don't yeah. know if you've seen it I enjoyed it yeah. and then for Marvel fans at 8 o'clock on RT2 there's Captain America Civil War from 2016 and following that there's a movie about the financial collapse uh, The Big Short so people might uh, that's quite an interesting film it's, it's uh, if you want to know more about the, the big financial financial crash then that, that's, that's the one for you and that's RT2 at 10.30 as always thanks a million Niall for jam-packed real reviews you're very welcome thank you When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.